0: Who stood out? Who did well in the second scrimmage of spring practice for the Tennessee football team? We'll break it all down. Talk a whole lot of football here today on Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. what is up everybody welcome into it this is locked on vols it is your daily tennessee volunteers podcast each and every day it is a part of the locked on podcast network your team every single day thanks so much for making locked on vols your first listen wherever you find your podcast and of course subscribing and watching on the locked on vols youtube channel a whole lot to get into today we're going to recap everything that i heard and everything that josh heupel kind of said following scrimmage number two of spring football practice that's coming up here in segment one A guy that's continuing to have his name, you know, being mentioned by coaches, by players, is local talent running back Deshaun Bishop. Who is Deshaun Bishop? And what do we forecast his role being for this team? A little bit more on the local talent tailback from Corinth High School, Deshaun Bishop in segment number two. And then in segment number three, Mel Kuyper had some interesting comments on Hinton Hooker. Just so desperate, desperate to disagree with uh, Todd McShay. (laughs) And so we're we're gonna bring those comments and and uh, discuss that a little bit here in segment segment number three on uh, Mel Kiper on Hinton Hooker. So that's your Friday show, and uh, let's buckle up and get down into it. Uh, Tennessee took part in scrimmage number two of fall camp Thursday morning. That was inside Neyland Stadium, and it was the offense that won, or excuse me, it was the defense that won scrimmage number one, and and that's that's kind of predictable, right? Um, got some guys missing on the offensive line, defense usually ahead of the offense at this point in time, and so we're wondering about the bounce back from that offense, and I think it's safe to say that the offense bounced back in a big way. Um, first comments coming out of Josh Heupel's mouth when he said, you know, when when the question was asked, hey, what are your thoughts on Tennessee's scrimmage overall today? He said, I thought the running backs as a group did some really positive things. Dylan Sampson made some people miss, did a, did a great job uh, pressing double teams. Cam Selden did a really nice job running the football, good job taking care of it, Deshaun Bishop. There were a lot of really good things from the running back group in particular. So the first thing out of his mouth was running backs, and that leads you to believe that the offense had a pretty decent day. Uh in, in conversating with some people and talking with some people and doing some digging. Um, and of course, you guys might have even seen it's uh, the, the play I'm about to talk about on the uh on the Vol Football Instagram story uh from Thursday. Uh, Dylan Sampson had a long touchdown run. It was about 60 yards. Dylan Sampson is having a really, really nice spring for Tennessee, and that's it's good to see. You also might have saw in that same story on Instagram, Deshaun Bishop found the end zone. So he was mentioned by Josh Heupel as a guy that stood out. He scored a touchdown. It looked like a, a, a short one, but uh, somebody told me that he had a really, really good day. More on Deshaun Bishop coming up in segment number two. Um, Nico Iamaliava had a lot said to have had a long, long completion down the field of about 50 yards uh, or more. And, um, you continue to hear some good things about Nico progressing and getting better as uh, spring practice goes on. I was told that Jacob Warren had a really solid day. The tight ends were very, very active in the passing game in scrimmage number one. At least for jacob warren i think that held up in scrimmage number two and there's a lot of injuries and we'll get the injuries here in a moment but there's a lot of injuries especially the wide receiver position so for a veteran like joe milton you would think that he's going to go to a veteran like jacob warren a lot um in these spring scrimmages and i think that that held up i was told that uh, jacob warren quotes had at least five catches today and that he caught everything that was thrown to him so hey that was uh, that was good to see Uh, again no turnovers from the quarterbacks today no interceptions thrown. Uh, I was told that Nico did fumble, but he recovered his own fumble. And so, of course, that's not a turnover. And again, even if it was, now, you know, now's the time to do it here in spring, get some growing pains a little bit. Uh, defensively, it was characterized to me as it wasn't a horrible day, but uh, again, there was there was a lot of uh, newbies out there and they were mixing and matching some groups and all that. Um, you know, you had Keenan Peely and Aaron Beasley who didn't play in, in this scrimmage, right? They... Uh, they've not really been active at practice this week, and it's nothing to worry about in terms of just you know being overly cautious. But you know they didn't play in this scrimmage, and so that meant you had some young guys who were you know starting linebacking, you know with the number one team going up against the, the first team offense. You know Elijah Herring and Caleb Perry, and then some of those freshmen. So I heard a lot of the struggles for the defense was more kind of missed tackles a little bit. And Josh Heupel actually you know mentioned that here. I'll find the quote here. Uh, in terms of the defensive performance in comparison to the scrimmage on Saturday he said quote I didn't think the tackling in the open field was as good as, and or as consistent as it was the other day gave up a couple of big runs you've got to have gap integrity you've got to run and tackle well there were times it was really efficient really good on the defensive side of the ball there were a couple of plays couple of big plays that we gave up that you just can't do and so uh, I think that might have been some of the struggles uh, on defense here on Thursday and again that's that's normal. That's you know part of growing. That's part of evolving as a football player, especially early on. So I mentioned there was a lot of guys who didn't play in this scrimmage. You know, Keenan Peeley was not playing. Caleb Beasley was not playing. Jalen Wright didn't play. Cooper Mays didn't play. Um, although again, he's been out for like the last week. But you know, if this was a game, he could go. Uh, Ollie Lane did not play. He's going for that left guard spot and I think he got dinged up at Monday's practice. Romel Keaton didn't play. I think he got dinged up a little bit in the first scrimmage and so they're being cautious with him. Uh Squirrel White didn't play. He was um he was um in shells on Monday's practice when everybody else was in full pads. And then on Wednesday Everybody was in shells and he was again in shells and he was out there running routes and getting stuff done, but he was in a red non-contact jersey. So it looks like Squirrel White got dinged up a little bit, maybe in that first scrimmage as well. Dante Thornton didn't play. Um didn't do a whole lot with him. He's been doing some at practice, but again, he's continuing to have a, a hamstring deal. And so they're going they're being very, very uh, cautious with him. So those are a lot of big names who didn't play in this scrimmage. So Obviously, you look at the wide receivers, right? Okay, Brue McCoy's out this spring. He had offseason surgery. Romel Keaton didn't play today. Squirrel White didn't play today. Dante Thornton was very, very, very limited today. Who you throwing the football to? I mean, gosh, who is your second string wide receivers? You've got Chaz Nimrod up there, you got Caleb Webb up there, you've got I mean, you've got a bunch of young guys and some walk-ons and some some guys who are taking advantage of these opportunities. Jack Jancic is even, you know, spring game MVP a couple of years ago. He's even he's even out with an injury right now. So there's a lot of a lot of raw young players who are playing at the wide receiver position right now because you're you're a little thin uh, numbers wise right now at that spot. So and that's okay. Um, again, the the great thing about spring is it creates opportunities for so many others. Uh, but wide receiver, and that's why I don't think the passing game has really taken off this spring. Not that it's been bad, but that's why I don't think that it's really kind of taken off this spring because you have so many guys who are not suited up and, and going for you. I think this offense will look completely different with Brew McCoy on one side, Ramel Keaton on one side, Dante Thornton in the slot, or Squirrel White in the slot, or Thornton on the outside. You know, the, that that big four, if you will. And with, with Joe Milton throwing the football, I think it'll look, you know, a whole lot different. But overall, I mean, I think this is a, a good step for. The offense in scrimmage number two, Uh, the question was asked, well, hey, if the running backs had such a good day, that must mean the offensive line had a good day, right? And Josh Heibel wasn't so quick to go there. He said, well, watching the video will tell the true story. I did think in general they did a good job on the first and second level. They created some space. All those pieces play off one another. The offensive line. Uh, Taking on double teams, good in their identifications. I thought the tight ends did a really good job. Some of the second level things they were asked to do, and the running backs ran hard. They all ran with good pad level. So, again, the offensive line's kind of in flux right now. Remember, you're trying to replace two starters. Um, You've got a, a brand new transfer portal tackle at left tackle. You've got Gerald Minty, J.J. Crawford, and Dane Davis trying to go for that starting right tackle spot. You got Javante Spragins at right guard, who's a veteran, uh, but you don't have Cooper Mays at center right now, and Ollie Lane, who's been going with the ones and competing with Andre Keurig and some of those other guys for that left guard spot, has been out for the last couple of days this week. So, again, like wide receiver, it's mixed and matching the talent on the offensive line right now, but overall it looks like it's it's done a done a pretty good job at least in the second scrimmage so uh we'll come back we'll have more on on scrimmage from uh the second scrimmage for Tennessee on a uh, on a Thursday plus who's Deshaun Bishop it's a name that we continue to hear more and more about at Tennessee spring football practice that and more coming up here on locked on vols in segment number two but hey I want to tell you guys about FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA playoffs, they're almost here right now. Major League Baseball is here. You can swing away over FanDuel Sportsbook. But also for everything NBA related, it's America's number one sportsbook because new customers can do no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, even three-pointers drained. You can bet on the spread the money line the total over or under a uh, point total you know individual player props such as points rebounds assists. you can even mix and match to make your game day parlay even that much more fun plus fanduel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay so don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars and bonus bets back when uh when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that is fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA all right guys welcome back into it segment number two of a Friday show I'm your host Eric Kane and we're talking Tennessee spring scrimmage number two so here's the layout scrimmage number one of spring was this past Saturday Scrimmage two was yesterday on Thursday. Tennessee's going to get the weekend off for the extended holiday. Uh, for Easter holiday, the team will return back Sunday night, have a team meeting, and they'll get back to work to finish out the last week of spring practice. Uh, this comes coming up next week. And then, of course, the Orange-Y and game is that Saturday. Um, it'll be a week from tomorrow on April 15th. And so, um, man, we've it's been kind of fast and furious. It's it's almost done uh, with with spring football practice, but they've gotten a whole lot done. And a name that we continue to hear, whether it's from, you know, coaches, you know, or, or player or, or people around the program who are at practice the entire time, or uh, who are seeing the scrimmages from every single snap, or if it's from coaches when they meet with the media, or if it's from players when they meet with the media. A name that continues to be brought up, you know, really day after day is Deshaun Bishop. And I'm not going to sit here and try to blow smoke and say Deshaun Bishop's going to be a big star for Tennessee this year. I'm, I'm not trying to do that. But it's been really impressive what he's done here in spring practice. He, he was a late add to Tennessee's. Uh, 2023 signing class. His recruitment was pretty weird. He was always right here in Knoxville, attending local Carnes High School nearby. A fantastic high school player. I'll get into more of that here in a moment, but he was a commit one time to uh, Coastal Carolina. Of course, there was a coaching change there. He decommits. Uh, Purdue was very much involved. Michigan State, a little bit, was involved. But it was always, you know, Tennessee was always involved, being kind of right here. And he made return trips over to campus you know, throughout his entire recruiting process, but he was a late add to that signing class right there on national signing day. And he's come in and I think for Tennessee, they just wanted to see who he was, you know, what can you bring to the table here in spring practice? Knowing that Jabari small was going to be out for the entire spring, knowing that Jalen Wright was going to be limited a little bit, which he has been, uh, knowing that it was going to be a whole lot of Dylan Sampson, going to be a whole lot of Cameron Selden, and going to be a whole lot of himself. Deshaun Bishop. And I think Deshaun Bishop's come in and, and he's done exactly what Tennessee wanted to see from him. And that's say, Hey, I'm good enough to play at this level. I'm tough enough to play at this level. I can grasp the offense and I can be efficient. And he's done a really, really nice job so far. I mentioned, uh, the, I, I believe he had a pretty good day on, on the first scrimmage on Saturday and scrimmage two on Thursday, you know, he came out and, uh, he, he had that, that touchdown that we saw on the Instagram story, of course, but again, somebody somebody told me that, hey, Deshaun Bishop had a really good day. He's had a really, really good spring, and so that, that's really, really good to hear, but again, who, who kind of is Deshaun Bishop? Well, he was considered the number 45 running back in the country by on three, ranked number 82 at his position by some other outlets in the uh, in the industry-generated rankings but in high school, in four years at Corns High School, racked up 8,347 rushing yards, 102 rushing touchdowns over the course, again, of four years. He ranked second and third all-time in Tennessee high school football history, respectively, according to the TWSWA online record book, in rushing yards and 102 rushing touchdowns. So 8,347 rushing yards, That is third all-time in TWSAA history. 102 rushing touchdowns in in his career is second all-time in TWSAA history. That is pretty good. Back-to-back Tennessee Titans, 5A Mr. Football Award winner, which is what an honor, right? Amari Thomas has won that. Trey Smith won that. Um, There's a lot of greats. You know, high school football players who, I believe, Todd Kelly Jr. at the time when he was the high school prep athlete won that. It's a really big honor if you're a high school player in the state of Tennessee. So we won that back to back times in 5A in Tennessee, which is right under 6A, which is the highest. Um, after compiling more than 6,000 all-purpose yards between his junior and senior seasons. Goodness gracious. In those two years, he had over 6,000 all-purpose yards. He amassed 2,413 rushing yards on 317 attempts and 30 touchdowns his senior year. Um, he was in the rivalry showcase. I'm looking at his bio right now at Tennessee, but he was in the the, the rivalry showcase in Knoxville, the East, versus, uh, East Tennessee versus Knoxville All-Star game. I'm a part of that with uh pac-man productions and rivalry thursday that was a whole lot of fun he did he did play in that game but his junior year was really impressive okay he exploded as a junior 441 carries 3179 rushing yards and 34 touchdowns so as a senior he rushed for almost a thousand yards less but it was on well over a hundred less carries so, they took a little bit off him as a senior because they ran the absolute tire off the wagon as a junior. 3,179 rushing yards, 34 touchdowns, finishing just less than 200 yards shy of the state record and second in state history for rushing yards in a season. Again, we go when we look at all these players who were playing for Tennessee, they were probably really, really good high school athletes. But I think this is kind of unique because, again, this is a guy right here from Knoxville, Tennessee. He collected TWSAA and Tennessee FCA 5A All-State honors as a sophomore. He ran for over 1,800 yards on almost 300 carries, 22 touchdowns. And so, you know, up and down the board, he's been super, super solid throughout his high school career. I remember the first time I met Deshaun, I was doing a rivalry Thursday game, and we were at Campbell County. It was Carnes at Campbell County, and this was Deshaun's sophomore season. And I did the interview with him uh, before kickoff, and he was just a young pup right and that was kind of my first uh that was my first interaction with him and then I saw him play that night and I'm like oh man he's ran for by the way I think like four passes total were thrown in that game uh he ran for like 250 yards and six touchdowns on like 40 attempts he played a little quarterback in the you know in the uh the direct snap wildcat situation um that was kind of my opening at to Deshaun Bishop and of course I've been a big fan of his and watching him, you know, throughout his next two years of high school. And, you know, we had Carnes games a lot because of Deshaun Bishop. And so got to see him a lot of the time. So, you know, when he, he was a late ad to Tennessee committed to Tennessee's on national signing day in December of 2022. Uh, he had 17 other division one offers, including three power five programs. And I think Brad Taylor at Carnes did a really, really nice job with him. So that's a little bit of who Deshaun Bishop is. So, The question was asked to Josh Heupel after Thursday's scrimmage. You know, we've been we've been hearing the name Deshaun Bishop. Are you surprised with the Tennessee freshman? right now with his good start to spring practice Josh Apple says no we thought he was a really good player coming in I say that he's handled the transitioning into college football extremely well but we thought he was extremely athletic had great vision pace as a running back coming out of high school he's done a really good job of handling communication systems and not being too big for him since day one I'm really proud of what he's done in quote some high praise there from Josh Heupel on Deshaun Bishop so let's go back to kind of how I started this segment Do I think Deshaun Bishop will be a star for Tennessee at running back in 2023? I do not. I mean, Jabari Small is going to get his carries. Jalen Wright has proved that he is the best running back in the room, in my opinion. Dylan Sampson is having a great, great season. And then, oh, yeah, you have Cam Seldon, who is one of the highest rated prospects in this class. Who, you know, is a bigger bodied option and who is still getting use of this offense and everything. But I think he has a lot that he can add in certain situational packages. That does not mean that Deshaun Bishop might not get a carry or two or here and there or whatever. That doesn't mean that he's going to be completely written off. But I think in 2023, as a true freshman, I don't have a whole lot for Deshaun Bishop in terms of being a productive player. But that doesn't mean that he can't survive and maybe one day play here for Tennessee. That doesn't mean that you can't take a red shirt and see what you can do later on. But also Tennessee needs running backs remember I continue to bring this up in 2021 Tennessee was giving a walk on running back Marcus Pierce was his name I believe giving him carries against Ole Miss and against Alabama in in games that were super super close because Tennessee just had thin running backs and and you know had um, had some injuries to deal with. You need multiple running backs. You need multiple tight ends. You need multiple quarterbacks. You need multiple at all these positions. And I just think that Deshaun Bishop's spring here at Tennessee has been really, really good. It makes Tennessee feel really good about the depth and the quality of depth that you have at the running back position. So good job on Deshaun Bishop. He has come in here and he is, um, you know, arguably he might be one of the most impressive guys Tennessee's had this spring. And typically that always goes to a younger guy because it's a guy like Deshaun Bishop who you've never heard of who has stepped up and done a lot of big things that might be on the radar going into fall camp. So that's a little bit of who Deshaun Bishop is, local talent from Carnes High School, is having a really, really good spring practice for Tennessee, and uh, good for him, man. That's awesome. We'll see if it keeps up. Can't wait to see what he does in the orange and white game. Hey, let's conclude this show. Let's get back towards the NFL draft process. Hidden Hooker continuing to shoot up boards. In fact, he was mocked as a first-rounder by Todd McShay last or earlier this week what about mel Kiper jr what does he have to say about tennessee's quarterbacks we'll discuss that coming up next right here on locked on balls all right guys let's conclude this friday edition of locked on balls talking a little hendon hooker and mel Kiper jr i'm eric kane your host here at locked on balls you can always find me on twitter at underscore caner and at locked on Valls. as always thanks so much for making it your first listen and subscribing to the locked on Balls youtube channel so todd mcshay earlier this week, mocked Hendon Hooker, what was it, 23rd to the Minnesota Vikings, as a first-round pick. Todd McShay likes Hendon Hooker. He likes Hendon Hooker a whole lot more, and he's sliding on Will Levis a little bit. Uh, Of course, C.J. Stroud's kind of the unanimous, not unanimous, but uh, pretty much every mock you see, is C.J. Stroud going number one overall now because I think he has the the less of any red flags, right? Maybe the most well-rounded quarterback that you feel safe about taking number one overall. Bryce Young is up there at number two. Of course, he's got the, um, you know, the small in stature, you know, concerns. But, hey, look at Kyle Murray. He just got paid, right? Uh, Anthony Richardson is shot up. You know, a lot of people believe he could be worthy of a number one overall pick based on uh, pure potential. Same with Will Levis, but he slid a little bit. And then you have Hendon Hooker, who's really, really interesting because, you know, Hendon Hooker is, is hurt right now. And he's not going through all this physical draft process, stuff like that of course will levis didn't do the senior bowl bryce young didn't do the senior bowl anthony richardson didn't do the senior bowl levis and richardson couldn't do the senior bowl but um nor could bryce young uh nor could CJ Stroud. okay so that's why they didn't do the senior Bowl. i kind of had to walk myself through that right uh underclassmen but hinden hooker was there and did all that of course but he he couldn't because he tore his acl uh in south carolina but he hasn't been doing the physical ringer like the other ones but he's still been sitting in on meetings and still been talking with NFL GMs and scouts and coaches and all that type of stuff. So Todd McShay really, really, really likes him some Hendon Hooker. What about Mel Kuyper Jr.? He was talking with On3 Sports the other day, and this is what he had to say about why he, he he's not high on Hendon Hooker. Quote, I think when you look at the quarterback-friendly offense at Tennessee, well, this is off to a good start, and what I mean by quarterback-friendly, he had excellent wide receivers, that's true, he took the snap and shotgun and immediately hop-stepped and threw the football. That is absolutely not true, that last part. Immediately hop-stepped and threw the football? No, he did not. Like, what film are you watching, Mel Kuyper? I mean, again, you are an incredibly smart guy and good at what you do. That is a ball lie. That is that is grasping for straws right there. Immediately hop-stepped and threw the football? get real that's almost insulting right there i mean literally watch the tape i mean i went back and watched every single every single snap of every single football game the, the day after they played last year and i've gone back and watched some of it since i'm not an nfl draft analyst i'm just i like to think i'm good at my job <laughs> golly he goes on to say uh got it right out of his hands in a fast fashion to three outstanding wide receivers again that is just not true some plays sure but overall that's this isn't a west coast offense he goes on to say they had a good running game, true. A veteran offensive line, true. He didn't roll out on the throw. Uh, he didn't roll out and throw on the move for the most part. He did not. That's true. He didn't have to go to the third or fourth option. A lot of the times he didn't, but he has. He's shown the ability to do that. That's that's one of the biggest knocks on it. And Hendon Hooker kind of said at the NFL Combine. Now, I'm I'm reading this quote and kind of giving my analysis while we go at it. I hope you guys have noticed that and hope you don't mind. Um... Hooker even said at the NFL combine, he's like, hell, I I can't help it if my first option's open. I can't help it if my second option's open. I'm going to throw it to him because I want to go and and score points and and win football games. I mean, you know, and and sure, some of that is scheme. But also, we're going back to the Jalen Hyatt conversation. You have to win one-on-one matchups to be that open. And Jalen Hyatt won one-on-one matchups. And Hendon Hooker made the throw and Tennessee scored the touchdown. The whole quarterback friendly system, I don't completely disagree with it. But like anyone that's just wanting to like just take everything to the bank and say that guy sucks, it's all system. Ridiculous. Will Rogers, who I literally couldn't remember his name a couple days ago, and nobody helped me out in the comment section. Thanks, guys. Will Rogers, big fan of what he's been doing at Mississippi State the last decade and a half. I joke. I feel like he's been there forever, but I I I am a fan of Will Rogers. Everybody wants to say, Oh, it's just system, system, system for Leach. You know, the, the late great Mike Leach. Dude's got talent. Um, but anyway, you know, for, for Tennessee, there's a lot of the times he didn't have to work through his third or fourth progression, but there are times where he did, and you can see it in the Florida game. You can see it at times in the Alabama game. Not a lot in the Alabama game, because a lot of times Jalen Hyde just owned that game, and that was his first read. You can see it in the Pittsburgh game. I mean, go back. I can think of many, many times where he sat there, looked, looked, scan, scanned, and threw to the other side. All right, we go on. When he was pressed some, his accuracy diminished a bit. I remember Georgia. Okay, I'll give you that. Off the ACL, he's 25 years of age. He'll be 26 in January. The age thing is just the biggest, biggest non-factor in my mind. And we see it every single year, guys. Not just with Hendon Hooker this year. But Hendon Hooker is an older guy in order to be considered a first-round quarterback. NFL wants him as young as they possibly can. That's why Darnell Wright is so attractive on top of his physical attributes, on top of his play, but he's played four years of SEC football, making 40-plus starts, and he's not even 22 yet. That's why he's so attractable. Hinton Hooker is older than pretty much everybody. That's fine. I mean, I understand that, but again, not everybody's Tom Brady. You're not playing until you're 45. You get 10 pretty good, pretty solid years in. You can be a really good quarterback from 26 or 27 on to your 35, and that's worthy of a first-round pick, especially if you have postseason success and you go and win the whole thing. I don't know. He goes on to say, he also argued that Joe Milton's strong game against Clemson in the Orange Bowl essentially proves his point. He says, what bothers me, Joe Milton came in when Hooker was hurt, And in the bowl game against Clemson, without Cedric Tillman, without Jalen Hyatt, two top receivers, he lit up the Clemson Tigers. So that Josh Heupel quarterback-friendly offense made it possible for these numbers to be through the roof. His touchdown-interception ratio of 69% and 69% completion percentage with a ton of yards. I like Hendon Hooker as a second-round pick, not a first-round pick, but it looks like based on what you're hearing, he could possibly go in round one late in round one. So that Clemson game. The Orange Bowl. Sure, Cedric Tillman didn't play. Jalen Hyde didn't play. And sure, Joe Milton played well. He did. He had 251 passing yards, he had three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, the o- only one of his touchdowns was Aaron it out, winning a one on one matchup down the sideline, and that was Ramel Keaton. I believe it was like 45 yards or whatever. His other two were on skinny posts or slants, <coughs> excuse me, into the end zone where he made a strong blank throw. He really did. Um, I, nothing about the Clemson game in terms of the passing game reminded me about the Alabama game or about the Florida game at times or about the Kentucky games at times or about the LSU games at times. I think it was a little bit different because it was a different guy throwing the throwing the football. So I, I just I, – I, I disagree with a lot of this. And, I mean – Mel Kiper, he he brings up some solid points. I'm, I'm not arguing. Hendon Hooker did not throw on the run and off lot. He did not roll out. He did not bootleg out a lot of those NFL concepts. I understand that at times he did not go to his third or fourth option because so many of the times you had a Bolitnikoff award winning wide receiver that was winning his one on one matchup, especially hey if it's a linebacker out there covering him in the slot. I mean, who are you gonna take an outside linebacker, or Jalen Hyatt? He's gonna run right by him, throwing the football. You go score. Oh my goodness, Kentucky. Oh my goodness. Uh, Even Alabama did that to Jalen High. Like, what are you doing? So uh, there are some good points in here. I'm not discrediting everything, but a lot of it, I just, uh, again, the hop, step, and through immediately gets the ball in his hands and gets it out. That is incorrect. Do your job, Mel Kuyper. You're good at what you do. Don't be lazy. Go watch the tape. He hasn't been high on Hendon Hooker as a first rounder the entire draft process. So maybe he hasn't devoted enough time to Hendon Hooker as where he's been doing it with Richardson and Levis and Stroud, and and uh, and Young. And, and, and that may be fair. But if we're going to talk Hendon Hooker, let's at least be accurate about it. So those are my thoughts on what Mel Kuyper has been talking about with Hendon Hooker. Um, do I think Hendon Hooker will go to the NFL and be an All-Pro and, and lead multiple Super Bowls? I don't know. We'll see. Um Probably not because not many guys are like that, right? Not many guys are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Does it mean he can go on some deep playoff runs and go win a Super Bowl? Maybe he's smart. He's got the attributes, and I think he's got the leadership and charisma. So we will see. He's not going to be injured forever. That's what Matt Hayes Saturday Down South wrote. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. He's not going to be injured forever, folks. So those are kind of my thoughts on what Mel Kuyper said. Uh, It's been a good week. Been a really good week of the show here on Locked On Vaults. Appreciate you guys for tuning in, as always. We'll come back on Monday after the Easter holiday, and we'll get you set for the final week of spring practice what have we learned so far from spring practice uh here and uh here for josh heupel in knoxville with one week to go we'll lead off the show monday with that and a whole lot more please subscribe to locked on Balls youtube channel if you haven't already that will really really help me out an awful lot stay safe this weekend guys enjoy it we'll try again on monday this is locked on balls.